0: Long talk radio.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Are You Screen? Are you instant review? Boy, it is worse now. It is worse. It? It's way
2: worse. I don't
1: know what I did now. Now I've ruined the headphones completely.
2: That's all right. Uh, we'll
1: yeah. <laughs> I am RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, we're reviewing Lawless. And actually, before we get into anything else, now I have to replay with the headphones, I guess. so. All right. Um,
2: well, I'll 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 ramble for a minute. Yeah, if you, you can to. ramble. Um <laughs> lawless go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is one of those um this is one of those off weeks where we're actually the whole idea of the of the podcast is that we would go to a movie and the instant reaction part of the of the title comes from us leaving the theater, which is no more than a mile and a half away and and coming back to um coming back to our studio, I guess is what we're going to call Mark's living room, uh, dining room, and giving an instant reaction of the film. Um, basically, what is what is it immediately upon seeing something that we liked or we didn't like? Uh, in, in some instances, we are more than able to, uh, more than capable, excuse me, of seeing a film and coming right over and doing the show. Um, but on a day like this, we actually saw Lawless uh, a few days ago. So we've had plenty of time to let it Run around our head and gestate a bit and Mark has flip flopped. That's that seems better. A little bit. Crank that up. <laughs> well, cranking this up doesn't make a difference. I well whatever you just did made a difference, so I messed with the gain, so uh, I don't know. It's not so bad. So I said all that by way of saying that we're not we're not giving you an instant reaction um reaction. We're giving you kind of a delayed instant right. reaction. And
1: uh, last week we ended up having to take the week off and that oh, right. and, and it's funny because I really missed it.
2: Yeah, I did too. I I, 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 I seriously I almost <clears throat> excuse me, I almost texted you and just was like, Can't we just talk about a movie for an hour? Make, <laughs> make one <laughs> up. So you're just doing this. Do
1: some completely different one. Um, <clears throat>
2: Tell me so, if there's anything I have to hear. I, I can't <laughs> I can't have those on my head right now. <laughs>
1: That's it. I right. just I just hope it's not weird on the other end, but I don't yeah. think it is. But anyway, um yeah, last week we took the week off. Before that, we did Paranorman. Right. And I actually just wanted to say something really quick about Paranorman, and that is that you know, as much as it kind of didn't work for us and for lots of I think really good reasons. Yeah. Um I have to, I just have to say my 11-year-old loved it. Right, and he really liked one of the parts that we liked less, which is the end, really talky part. You know, the end oh, yeah, where it's. Like yeah, the fifteen um, minute
2: long drawn out. I, I think
1: the main point was once it gets past where she's crazy and horrible,
2: yeah, and, and we
1: fix her and it right. starts talking to her about stuff. He really liked that. I don't oh, know. That's he, cool. he kept talking about that and thought that was really cool. Hey, that's and really he cool. loved the movie so. So, I don't know. So, there's that. So, even though we really didn't like it, it you know, kids are fine with it. He oh, wants cool. to see it again. He thought it was really cool and, you know, whatever. I, yeah. Anyway. but So, we took a week off, and now we've got Lawless, and as Shane was saying, it uh, – it, <laughs> trying to get with the headphones.
2: Uh, <laughs> I feel awkward with them yeah. off, but I need them. I
1: know. We'll All we'll right. adjust. We'll
2: get it. We'll get it next week. Um.
1: Anyway – Uh, We did, as he was saying, we did see it a few days ago, but it's sort of almost built into the same reason that we missed last week. You know, there's other stuff going on. right Here in Bangor, it was big to-do last week, and the timing just was not going to happen. Last
2: week was all my fault. You were ready to do a show, and I basically said, I can do it if we can see the film Saturday night at midnight and do the podcast at 4 a.m. Sunday. You know, I was so busy with the American Folk Festival that descends upon our city the last weekend of every um of every August and that just for a bunch of different reasons scheduling wise it just didn't work out and did we even have something planned to see last week i don't remember if it if it was still just going to be lawless uh, I'm, all the days I lately think, have blurred together. I'm not even really sure right. when it, it. It was a bad week anyway, and right. I think what we were
1: going to come down to was like hit and run.
2: Oh yeah, right. Okay, right.
1: And
0: I'm next week,
1: anyway. next week we have the same problem because <laughs> yeah. next week there's like nothing comes out yeah. except the words, which right. I don't. I'm not in love with seeing anyway, but right. um. So anyway, lawless. Yeah, I, I think. We can jump right into Lawless. And, you know, here's the weird thing that I want to say about Lawless to kick off is that I feel like the last month or so, we've had a bunch of movies where what's wrong with the movie or right. what I didn't like about the movie. And I, not that I hated Lawless. right? I'm not going to just jump right out with my star rating, but I didn't hate it. But I feel like we've had so many movies where my problem with the movie is that it won't just be one movie. Yeah. It's it's one movie for a certain amount of time. It, it, then suddenly it's a different in, movie. It's, yeah. And it's, it, it's like just not happy with one of the things it wants to be. And it, so it wants to be a bunch of other things too. And... In this movie, I really like Tom Hardy. I think where this went wrong really is kind of the direction and partially the writing, because I feel like the writing, while there was a good story at the back of it, it was really you know, it really liked itself too much, or was trying, you know, it had like delusions of grandeur, really, this Mm -hmm. movie. Especially once you get in a little ways, and then it goes, okay, now we've We've hooked you or something. Right. And so now we can start down this whole, we're some big, beautiful, interesting thing or something when that's not the movie that's going on. right? And when we first came out, I was talking about Boardwalk Empire for a very different reason because it has a crazy person. But (laughs) um, the more I thought about this movie, the more I kind of thought about Boardwalk Empire and not that i think that's the greatest show ever but i do like it a lot but it's like if boardwalk empire all of a sudden after like half a season suddenly decided you know it had to win an oscar or oh, right it, i mean you know yeah.
2: and it became you know more than what it was really aspiring to be right a little pretentiousness really is yeah you know it, what especially i is, think yeah. somewhere around the
1: halfway point of Lawless to maybe a little bit before the halfway point, somewhere around there. All of a sudden, it's just like you know, you feel like it, it got some Gosford Park thrown into it or something, That's and cool. it just I haven't
2: thought about Gosford Park. In a long it, time. it just
1: was like yeah. now we have to like stare at these scenes for a really long mm-hmm. time because I'm trying to make some point here, and I want you to get it, and right. I want this. Aesthetic to be exactly this way and and force you through it, and it it just turned the thing odd. Yeah.
2: Well, well, go ahead. <clears throat> well,
1: no, actually, I was just going to ask you because you we saw each other after the movie, and then you had like come around in in your own special way. I had, you had I come had, around somewhere.
2: To I had yeah. reevaluating a little bit. I had. Um... I had kind of said that as a joke, more because of the, the one time we sat down to do a film. And I can't even remember which one it was. Now, if we had the list, I could I could pick it out. But I remember two seconds before we went on the air, I just went, you know, I got to tell you, my opinion on this film has totally changed. And then we started in. So that was just amusing to me to say. But it, it's funny. we've We've had similar things that we've basically had as a theme of whether or not a movie is good or not. And for you, like what you said before, you know, sometimes that's whether or not the movie can just be what it wanted to be versus aspiring to pour all kinds of unnecessary other ingredients in. (laughs) That was funny. Pour all all kinds of other uh, unnecessary ingredients in to try to make it a film for everybody. And I I certainly get behind that. For me, it's it's not always the running time, but I'm going to say this by way of trying to make a point afterwards. This film is an hour and 55 minutes long. And it's the kind of movie that is a very slow-boiling film. Like it's really supposed to be set up and designed um, pacing-wise to kind of show characters over a long arc of time and you get involved with them and these, these kind of scenery-chewing moments as well as these um, sort of romantic, hopeful, you know, plucks at your heart for this time that was really not very romantic at all. Uh, the mm-hmm. film, <clears throat> excuse me, the film is based on, um, based on a book, The Wettest County, um, and um, actually that's not the full title of it, but it's about the Bondurant family, and it's written by the grandson of one of the characters in this film, and it's really about um, moonshine and, and southern law and justice, and I've heard a couple people say that this is kind of like a combination of Uh, of a cowboy film and a gangster film. And I can appreciate that, though I don't necessarily agree with it. I I bring up the running time by way of saying this. When we walked out, I said, this film reminded me almost more than any other film um, to be in line with Legends of the Fall. And Legends of the Fall is this sweeping kind of epic attempt at getting Oscars for, you know, scenery and cinematography and stuff like that. And it's just such a slow-boiling film. That in an hour and fifty-five minutes, Lawless to me would have been the most perfect example of something that had been on the History Channel. And if it had been told with commercials, it would have been forty-two minutes long. And in forty-two minutes, I could have gotten the best parts of the Bondurant family's trials, tribulations, struggles, lawlessness, you know, their avenging behaviors, how they how they were put upon by a corrupt lawman. And how they overcame or maybe didn't overcome without ruining the film in 42 minutes, you get the best part of this film. But when you go, uh, excuse me, the best part of the story, but when you actually go to the film and you have to sit another hour and 10 minutes and basically watch characters not really do anything for long periods of time or, um, have to interact with other characters who are, are basically just kind of staring back at them, it, it drags, you know, and it weighs you down, um, Shia LaBeouf, who I know you're not a huge fan of, um, so much so that you humorously you, you cracked me up in the theater when we're sitting there and there's you know there's one of the many fight scenes, and Shia is on the losing end of one of them because he is the weakest pup of this litter. He is of the three Bondurant brothers, the, the smallest and the most ineffective when it comes to intimidation. Right. And you just leaned over to me and you're like, you know, I, I, I love this part. It's really fun watching Shia get beat up. <laughs> And well, I I thought I was going to have to walk because, out of the theater cuz I was giggling pretty hard. It, you know? It's funny
1: because one one scene I mean he gets pummeled like nearly to death. Right. When they show him again and he's like healed, you kind of go, "Wait a minute, he was right. way more right. broken than that."
2: Blood, but, you know.
1: But then you know, you don't get very far before all of a sudden he's getting beat up again. Right. And, and right. So he's then I'm going, I'm,
2: so <laughs> then I'm going, all right. Yeah. You are kind this. of into this because it's during a part of the film that's really slow. And there are a lot of parts of the movie that are really slow. There are some great, now all that said, there are some really fun moments too. And I think every single one of the fun moments, every single one of the great moments is all Tom Hardy. You know, right. every single moment that I enjoyed out of that film with the exception of Shia getting thrown around, was Tom Hardy? He had something to do with it. But I will say also, um, while I'm still on the riff and I and I can remember, you know, that I wanted to say it. The end of this film is not necessarily contemporarily exciting. This this ending might have been really exciting back in 1973. Maybe not even then. You know, Jaws and and The Godfather and all these films are coming out. This this film just has no excitement at, at the ending, and it's one of the reasons why I thought if it had just been on like the History Channel. This is the kind of ending I would have assumed that they would have had. Right. And it's not that there isn't a big budget. And it's not that there has to be a big budget. There have been plenty of films that have been made that were crime films or heist films or gangster films or or anything in that in that genre that didn't have a ton of budget. And they just managed to pull it together in the end in an exciting way. And this, though, it has a gun uh, a gunfight, pretty big gunfight. You know, there's some knives. There's all kinds of violence. It wasn't exciting and it wasn't boring. And I think if I had had a way to detect what my blood pressure was it would have been pretty low i wasn't enthralled with it right. in any way so right. and i don't know how you felt about the end i just felt it was terribly terribly unexciting
1: yeah i think the end and it's it's probably kind of weird for this movie
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry you know it's it's funny because you know, Is it just
2: my headphones? You sound worse to me than I sound yeah, to me. And you and, sound worse to right. me than I do. So yeah, we'll, I don't know we'll, anyway, we'll we'll we're, <laughs> we're still trying to figure out the we'll electrical thing, but running around
1: leave it. with yeah. it. But <laughs> the um you know, the end just felt it, it kind of was, I guess, a little flat. And it's kind of one of those you know, like you were saying, if this was on the history channel, like we just We're very near in time, anyway, to the Hatfields and McCoys, which was a a gigantic thing and was awesome. It looked great. I still haven't seen it. But, you know, that would kind of have the same problem. It's just that when it's a three-night miniseries on the History Channel, you're kind of more okay with it. right? Like, in the Hatfields and the McCoys, you have all this stuff going on. There's all this drama. There's all of this you know weird intercharacter stuff going on that you know if you, when you watch it kind of as a movie you almost feel like well you know that never really happened except that it actually did happen right. i mean they they actually had kind of the romeo and juliet thing going on with the people between families and they had all of this you know really weird kind of uh escalation into this big feud from things that you kind of go really that's that's, why that's, that's what it was is. everyone yeah. has to die I right. mean, it's, so there's this weird stuff that it's very interesting to watch especially when you go you know because that's what really happened not because right. somebody's writing a screenplay where they want to go I'm going to make this dumb cliche <sighs> thing happen right? right but when you get to the end of that it's just kind of the end right it's like a true story, it's based around a true story, and when you get to, you know, this is the end of the stuff that happened, well then you kind of have to call it a day, call it a day because right. you can't make up that something really <laughs> awesome happened at the end or whatever. Right. There's like a there's like a real climax cuz there's like a the the big fight to end all fights and eventually half of everyone is dead or arrested or whatever and that's the big climax thing. Right. But that's not like the end of what we watch really. Right. The end of what we watch in these things is always, you know, the writing on the screen that says, and then, right. love, he, you know, he, he years lived later, happily ever after or, you know, whatever it is, right, spent the rest of his life in jail or whatever. Right. And this movie kind of has that same sort of thing. It just kind of stops. We get to the end and then it just kind of goes, OK, now it's like 14 years later or five years later, or 10 years later, whatever, whatever the hell it is, it doesn't. You know, really make any difference. It's way past prohibition. Right. We all had to find other jobs because no one wanted to buy our moonshine anymore because (laughs) they didn't need to. And we just kind of go where it's like we get this far with the interesting stuff that happened during the time. And then we kind of want to wrap things up for the audience. So we'll go, you know, we'll move way forward and go, so and so has kids, so and so's Mm -hmm. got married. But even just prior to that, if there's something you can kind of call the climax as the end, it still just was kind of like, um, you know, I feel like for me watching it, if we're talking about like the big gunfight to, to end things thing is kind of the climax, right? The thing that went wrong with that to me is one of the things, you know, and since I'm jumping off of boardwalk empire that went wrong with the whole movie is that, um, you know, Guy Uh pierces character is just ridiculous. Yeah. And he is throughout the whole movie and his character is brought to you in the first place in Uh like a really poor way. Right. And then he continues on that same road throughout the whole movie. He shows up and might as well twirl his mustache. Right. And, you know, he's going to just, you know, walk over and, and stare at the girl, and now mm-hmm. I'm creepy, creepy and menacing <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And he just sticks right with that entry, I guess, mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. Right. And you know, mm-hmm. now that we, <laughs> now that we started this show completely ridiculously, we'll try and open the chat <laughs> just in case, there and know. W- which only works like half the time anyway. But hey, like there, there it goes. all right. Um, you. If you know, if you want to chime in on this movie. Ask right. us a question, you know, tell us we don't know what we're talking about, whatever right. if you're live the uh you know the phone line is open, and the chat room's open. We usually get some people in the chat, but we usually have it open before this, but, right you know we're in a constant stream of trying to figure out where we are technically <laughs> now. We may just have to go back to the original we might and, and then and just say
2: forget, forget the yeah you know,
1: know. whatever um, who knows. Anyway, um, you know, his character is just so like kind of rocky and bullwinkle y- yeah, you know that's crazy, a good way of putting it crazy. He just like that. Crazy caricature. Yeah. And what's what I think is weird and I think this movie actually is like a really interesting example. Like I I would love to have people like tearing this apart in like film class looking at looking at this movie yeah. just based on his character. Because it's a great example of if you start out a character wrong and you're you commit to where he is, because we get more and more pieces of just that he's psychotic. I mean, just that he's he's completely a, a sociopath and it's like, you know, there's a certain level of police work where it's like sociopath that's a great career choice for you. Apparently is like to be at this one <laughs> right. level of being a police officer. You, apparently, you know, you, you fit right in be, or whatever. Right. You right. really could get the job done or God knows yeah. what. Yeah. But once you start a character in a, you know, just wrong, weird way, um, especially like surrounded by the rest of the characters working pretty well. Yeah. Right. And here's a great example of once you get to the end, you have nothing to do with him. You don't have a thing to do with him except set him up for bullets. Except except practice. that he, he has to really lose his mind right. and let everybody know that he's completely lost right. his mind. As he's going on through the story, we've got the local police
2: mm-hmm. who are
1: clearly in the pocket of all the people making the moonshine. All the moonshine, that's right. And what I think is interesting about that, too... There are a lot of good things about this this movie that I think give a really good feel for the actual history because how could those cops not be right it was so there's no, there's no possibility getting, yeah. of being the sheriff and his deputies in that world right. and not being on the take right. what could you do because everyone is doing it right everyone where you are is run and shine, yep. or related to somebody right. running it, and yeah, they yeah. they have no option. Right. So, um, the the big outside law enforcement from whatever other branch and the whole thing, yep. They come in, and they actually kind of have the choice, I guess, to from not be corrupt, be enforce or do right. Except that, really, I mean, it's just. So implausible that that would happen, which is so weird because you can actually get that from this movie. And I love that. It was cool. Yeah. But he comes in and he's insane. And as we move on, we get these little pieces of he's really doing wacky things. Right. And and he's kind of crazy. But the cops don't have anything that they can really do about it. Right. And he's not outwardly to them all the time being Completely insane. He's just a weird hard ass, yeah. You know, whatever. And he's very gung ho about his job, right? Then we get to the point where uh, we start really torturing people instead of just putting them out of business (laughs) or killing them or whatever. And by the time we get to the end, that's that's all we have. There's really no other possibility for anything. And you know, maybe maybe that's what really happened uh, right? or, or right. maybe, or something historical. very similar to it. Right. But by the time we get to that end scene, it's almost like the scene really for all the bullets flying and the drama and people are getting shot. And now yeah. we have to try and help them while we're still in the firefight. Yeah. There's just nothing for him to do except exactly what he does in the right. movie, which is just lose his mind. Right. And, right. and, Go berserk and flip out, and it's just so empty. Yeah, you know the the beginning part of that scene, I thought actually was really cool, just because I could totally see that happening. Right. He goes up. um, Okay, Uh, (laughs) Shia LaBeouf's character, Jack. Jack. Right. Uh, he runs in and, you know, probably we should talk about other parts of the movie before we just are going forever about the end. Yeah, we're in the end. He drives up. He, you know, loses it. And he's like, you know, the coward of the county. And he's had his last straw. And now he's going to go make his stand. And he's just going to kill that guy. Right, And he doesn't care what happens or who's in his way or whatever. And yep. even as, so he, you know, hops in his car and he's taken off for where he he's pretty sure he's going to be or whatever. Yep. And even when he gets up to the big roadblock and there's all kinds of people with guns, he doesn't like stop and go, wow, there's a bunch of people with guns. He just jumps right out and goes, I'm going to kill that guy. Right. And maybe you'll all gun me down or who cares. The way that scene played out, I really liked. Yeah. Even though it was him and I didn't love him uh, because I just could see his character had at least been developed enough that, you know he wasn't the best character in the movie but i could really just that felt very real right and who knows probably was maybe that's exactly what happened maybe i, I don't i don't know but that felt really real but then everything kind of after that was just odd and yeah. felt like as you're writing it you get past where he does what he's doing his brother's show off and eventually like everyone shows up or whatever, but everything after right when he shows up and the whole thing starts just kind of felt like you were writing it going, well, I have no other option.
2: Right. And I need to get them on. You're you're just writing.
1: You're just writing the only thing you can write to happen. You don't, it's like, you don't have any choices in what you're writing anymore. Right. So we should probably maybe go back a little bit and talk about other things in the movie. (laughs) Um, but it is, I think probably everyone has a, a fairly good feel about it. It's, it's, as you were saying in the, at the beginning, it's about the Bondurant family. Yep. They're, uh, in West Virginia, Western right? Virginia, not West Virginia, Western Virginia, they're in Virginia. All right. Virginia, whatever.
2: Um, I thought it was West Virginia for some reason. Oh, anyway, Anyway, it's set in depression area. Set in depression era, Franklin County, Virginia.
1: Yeah. What? Okay.
2: Um, Well, and so their county
1: basically is everybody there is making moonshine, and we see at the beginning like kind of a cool thing where um, Jack is giving us voiceover and everything, but you Mm -hmm. can see like you look at the mountains, you can see the fires everywhere (laughs) in the mountains. Like that's where all the stills are everyone's making shine and uh you know profiting off the fact that it's prohibition yep. and you know doing their best to get it out of the county to pass it along yep. which means that they're going to eventually run into you know the mobsters from the big cities where they're hoping to get the shine too right. where uh, where their you know all the customers are so they've got to come up with their middlemen and it's really interesting to see the way it plays out, especially with um, Forrest, who is played by Tom Hardy, who's, right. he's like the leader of the clan. They have their whole thing they run through at the beginning about being invincible, invincible. or indestructible or whatever he, everyone
2: was really sick there were all these you know health problems going around and he he was the only one who never got sick but when he did get sick he was the only one that never died from it so right. everyone said that this one guy in all the county was and, invincible right and, and there he believes it, and this is like a motivating thing for him later and his brothers he buys into his own press he really thinks and acts like he is invulnerable right so and um you know there was a couple of the brothers
1: were in wars or whatever, you know, there's just all these things. We get the whole rundown at the beginning about all these things that happened to him where they should have died, you know, his, his, I don't, I don't know, his, uh, battalion or something, you know, in the, during the war, everyone died except him,
2: except him, you know,
1: whatever, there's all this stuff. So he thinks he's invincible anyway, but they, there's like these very, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to give the wrong adjective here, but the, (laughs) there's a lot, the simple hillbillies, you know, that are just living their life, doing what, whatever it is they do. And now it's prohibition. So might as well make shine. And it's kind of interesting to see that it's, you know, it's like, here's where we live. And you know, so what can we do here? I I don't know. You know, they're right. they're hauling lumber, they're working in the mines or yeah. whatever whatever is available, and then now what's available is there was prohibition, so then we'll do that. Right and, and they jump into that. But it's interesting to see them have to meet like Gary Oldman's uh mob, right, mob character guy. From the city or have to have, um, you know, the the law come in, Mm -hmm. who's very used to living in the city. Right.
0: Yeah. And and he has to come
1: in and try to deal with all all of these people. Right. And it's just really interesting to see there are a lot of points. um, (laughs) So, you know, the law is coming in and the the law that comes in is corrupt, too. And they want they just want their cut of whatever it is. And uh, the Bondurants have no interest in sharing with the outside law. Right. They right. have no problem sharing with the inside law. Right. They they, but you know they they take it in kind, so it's okay because right. all the local law wants is their and they just see shine. it as a way they, they don't they want they a bunch it of money.
2: regular business versus right. a shakedown, which is what right. Forrest you know takes umbrage with later when he's like you trying to shake me down, and that's when he takes it out on local law too. He just has no patience for it. Right and but what's what's kind of interesting
1: about the way that it develops and you know the local the the big time police come in from out of town and it's interesting to see the characters and how they react and how they act because you know they pull up to whatever it is they run they it's have a like weird, a weird. they have like a multi station slash yeah. you know whatever that that is there home base
2: and whatever it is, but it's, it's a little bit of everything, but it's kind of a restaurant. It's like, it's a, it's definitely a gas station and a bar restaurant and it might even be like a little bit of an inn. And it seems strange when you look at it like that quickly because you're like, why did you make it all of those things? It actually probably was all of those things. Right. Historic right. Like it's just right. a it's a one stop exactly. shop. Like it's part a general, general store. You know, it's, it's an right. old fashioned Southern Walmart. Just it, it, come it's in and get just your gas the, and groceries and have a drink. It, yeah, it's like you know, it's the so. only
1: big building for miles. Right. So,
2: right. Right. so, so we the time
1: put, time put all this in stuff it. in it. Right. So anyway, but you know the outside law comes in and they're gonna go, hey, this is what you're gonna do, and they have you, you know, like, um, Gee Pierce's character, which I'm never gonna remember his name rakes what is it rakes rakes yeah i don't know anyway he's <laughs> know. the big law in chicago and he's used to being the big law in yeah. chicago and rakes. i mean plus he's insane but <laughs> right. he's used to just being in chicago and being able to go this is who i am and everyone will go oh and well, the badge gets that, everybody the fall line right yeah and he is you know some sort of Federal government. He's a. It's type a funny. Agent, it's one of the
2: funny moments where the, another policeman calls him deputy, and he corrects him. He goes special deputy, right? Because he's very intent on keeping that title. So he's a special deputy, right? And it means something more because right. it's it's a federal, right? It, whatever yeah. it is that he is, but
1: he's used to dealing with people like back in Chicago, where <sighs> you know wherever it is that you go in Chicago, yeah. There's. A real sense of safety about himself that he has yeah that he comes out and doesn't realize he doesn't have and the people who are from virginia kind of really look at him funny right like even the first time that they show up and especially like later times that people see him you know right he shows up at our big general store or whatever. Right. And he doesn't realize that we might just kill you all right now. <laughs> right. And, and what? Right. And
2: nothing. That's the end of your story. And, and
1: they have yeah. a very particular <laughs> way of carrying themselves because they know that. Right. They know what world they're in. Right. And he doesn't. Yeah. And like the interplay between them is, is a very cool part of the movie. Yeah, it is. So, but anyway, the rest of the movie that's pretty much what the whole movie is. That's it. is that is it. It's 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 the clash, yep, of he's going to get people under his thumb mm-hmm. and a bunch of the other moonshiners even at the initial stages. Yeah. Bunch of the other ones are all for jumping on board and right. going, Look, let's just not have problems.
2: Let's just keep making money and making shine and everything's right. fine.
1: We mm. give him whatever cut he says, and, you know, he's the law, so he'll shut us down and right. say, you, you know, whatever. They all just want to go, Hey, man, right. give him whatever. Eventually, as the movie progresses and he, you know, starts cracking heads and. Yep. Bring the law down on people, sort of whatever, yeah, eventually it's everyone right, and it's just the bonderants who are not not towing the line right. and 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 shelling out, yep. and so then it's just a mission uh it you know it, it right. becomes more and more like a crusade for both sides, right it's uh you know the bonderants' crusade to do what they want to do and not mm-hmm. you know whatever I mean not. Yeah. not be forced to do anything by anyone no matter what right. and it's his crusade he doesn't even really care it, it doesn't take very long before he, he not care less about moonshine right. or money
2: it, 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 yeah. or
1: what they're getting or not getting yeah he just wants to kill the people right. who aren't going to do what he tells them right i, I mean he's but, all like all said,
2: all characters and all point of views all have a very simple motivator you know, it's just like, you do what I say because I said so. And they're like, well, who the hell are you? Right. You know, we've lived a long time before you came. And, right.
1: And we get to see, you know, it. one of the things that I think translates well from
2: the real story
1: to the movie is that's kind of what everything is about that we see mm-hmm. everywhere. Right. It's yeah. like within the Bondurant family, it's like you're going to do what I say because right. I say it and within you know the whole police structure right within the whole kind of community almost really is they are very interested in this whole the outside is not going to tell us what to do except that the Shiners are, you know, they're from away, right? The bad police are like from away and they don't want to deal with people who are from away. Yeah. But even within like the Bondurant family, you know, you've got Jack who wants to do what he wants to do. Yep. And wants to be part of things. But, you know, he's the littler brother who just never, he did not get the genetics that his brothers yeah, got. The who tough, are all the tough, much bigger, right. huskier, burly <laughs> guy right. than he is. But also, you know, he's the one who could not shoot the pig. Right. At the beginning, I mean, he lives on a, on a farm. It, they live in the mountains. They show, well, like, they they show a, a, a,
2: an earlier scene where you're supposed to get quick characterization of them, even as children. And Shia LaBeouf is, you know, basically it's his turn to slaughter the pig and he can't do it. Right. And his older brother just comes in and just sneers at him. He's like, we would never eat if it was up to you. you know, right. He doesn't say it, but that's the look he gives. Right. Him, and slaughters the pig simply. Yeah. Right, and you know, as much as
1: uh, Forrest is now kind of the patriarch, their parents yeah. died from whatever illness couldn't kill yeah. him. Right, uh, he's like the patriarch, and in many ways, in a good way, and in other ways, in kind of an oddly like sociopathic way. I mean, it's like he he beats people up or kills them or whatever. Right. Like, you know, they're just there is no moral compass to him at all, except insofar as, you know, getting done what's supposed to be done. You know, and he talks to Jack about how they're survivors and and it's like they're survivors because they just do what needs to be done. Right. He
2: He cautions him at one point and says it's not about the money. It can never be about the money. You know, and what he's basically trying to instill in his brother is that if you focus on one thing, you take away from what really is making them individuals, and it's not money. If you make money the motivator, you're going to lose every time, because someone's always going to take your money or have more money. And he's, he, And Jack slowly comes around understanding that. It's kind of interesting. The, the interesting part about his character is that he slowly learns his lessons, and some of them are after getting the crap kicked out of him, you know, right. hard. But he learns his lessons from his brother, who isn't afraid of slapping him around, too. You know, when he makes a decision and steps out of line or acts out of, you know, what should be his motivator, which is this is the way we live and this is how we are. Um, But it's interesting to see him get from the beginning of the film, not just from the little kid who won't shoot the pig, but from the beginning of the movie where he's basically sweeping the store floor. Right. You know, he's basically the broom guy and and that's all they can trust him with. And he can he can like help load the truck. Right. He can load the truck and he can drive. Right. Um, and he's good at driving. But really, his main job is to keep the floor clean, yeah. you know, and to see that guy who two hours later is running after a special deputy to put a bullet in his head. Right. You know, that's the that's an interesting character. And he does go through the changes for it. So. Right. And there are, you know, there
1: are interesting things with how we get the things that we get, which there's a lot about this movie that I like in that sense. That is. It's not just because, uh, you know, Forrest tells Jack something, right? right. It's not just – there are these moments where, you know, he does actually tell him. and But even when he's telling him, it's not just that he's telling him. Like there's the part right. where they, they go out and they deliver a big – case of moonshine. Jack has to stand out and watch the car. Yep. Somebody comes and wants to rob him. The two the two big brothers go inside with the moonshine and to get the money and everything yep. and he's just got to watch the car. And here come some people who want to rob him and have a knife and you know he doesn't know what you know, he's he's got nothing he can do. He, he has no idea
2: what to do yeah, or how he has
1: it. he has no idea yeah. and even if he had an idea, right. he might it wouldn't really matter, right. right? Yeah. And so he, so the older brothers come out and rescue him, basically, in, like, this very cold, calculated, weird way of possibly killing someone that is just, you know, you never get the impression that Forrest could care less. Right. Like, you're not a person in front of me, you know, you're just something on the ledger that is in my way or, you know, whatever. And at the end... The talking that we get is, you know, Jack says he's sorry or whatever, and Forrest is like, "Why'd you, why'd you let that happen?" or something like that. Right. And Jack's like, "You know, he just he got the drop on me, and he had a knife." And Forrest just goes, "Yeah, but why'd you let that happen?" Or right, or why didn't you? do Like, it doesn't even matter.
2: Right. All of these to him the excuses to him that
1: right? even even once you get to the point where Jack's been surprised. Right, and is just standing there and the guy has a knife to him and Forrest still goes, but why did you just stand there and let him have a, have right. a knife at you? Yeah, Like, there's just some whole yeah. click in the way that he right. looks at things that Jack just can't even, he doesn't even know what he means at right. that point. They right. get to a point where they're talking and Jack's like, I don't even know what you're saying, right? you know, because he's like, well, dude, the guy had a knife and, and Forrest goes, yeah, but, and? Right, I and mean, he's on the just, ground now, right? <laughs> I came
2: out and he's on the ground now, right. so,
1: yeah. And so a lot of that stuff came through, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and and was delivered well. And and it's all the first 40 minutes or yeah. something like that, which you know, now time keeps going, but right. it's like um, I really loved that movie. Yeah, that was fun. That the movie was going to yep. be. And then like I said at the beginning it's it's like we can't seem to see a movie anymore. Right. That will just be the one movie. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny looking back on, you know, when we keep talking about how we rate movies, we have our show to go back and and listen to about our theories. Right. And my theory, and everyone has their own, and not that we need to rehash the whole thing, is my theory is I try to find out what a movie is trying to be, and then I ask how well – did it achieve being that basically. And that's where I get my stars from. And, you know, there's the little niggling point of whether I'm okay with it, trying to be that, right. Right. It's a crazy enough, stupid enough movie or something like that. But it's like week after week after week. Now I have been like struggling with my grade because I'm like, you know, this movie doesn't know what it's trying to be. It doesn't have a clear thing that it's trying to be. The first Forty to forty-five, fifty minutes, whatever—I don't know exactly. Yeah. Of this movie have a very clear thing that it's trying to be, and it's doing it really well. It's really well, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it goes. Now I want to be this other thing. Yeah. And it's such a different thing that then you look at the whole movie and go, "What is it trying to be?" And I, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it's trying yeah. to be. It was this cool action movie. It kind of reminds me of um, dang last year or the year before. There's like this uh, Johnny Depp movie where he
2: was the gangster. Public Enemies.
1: Yeah, Public Enemies. Yeah, it was kind of like that. I had like kind of the same thing with yeah. that movie. That the first half of that movie was trying to be basically the same thing as this movie. Yeah, it was trying to be a cool, not super actiony but more like an action adventure kind of movie yeah like develop its characters develop its plot let us into like this world that they're in just say hey this is the world they're in yeah look at it right you know whatever and then it got to like the halfway point and it was like well we're going to talk about this and that and the other thing and we're going to you know like this movie there's we were talking when we came out there's a sex scene basically yeah. in the movie there's a girl That the guys kind of take in, Mm -hmm. who's from Chicago apparently, whatever, and she she wants a job working at their store, which is seriously the craziest thing you've ever heard of. And and I thought that Forrest, you know, Tom Hardy did a good job
2: conveying of of conveying weird like that. It's
1: like the craziest thing ever. You know, it's like if you had the, uh, you know, last Seven Eleven. Uh, on the road, on the way to somewhere, and there's nothing else there. Right. There's like a guy who lives behind the Seven Eleven who runs it, and that's all there is right. anywhere. And then some, you know, movie star-looking woman right. comes in and goes, so can I work here? Right, you need a job. And, be yeah. like, right. you know, and Tom Hardy does that so well, like, what? why would you want to work here? Right. And, and you don't thing. just
2: stumble on this on the side of the road. You right. have to get off the road and then you got to go like 10 miles in road and just hope that you find this place. It's not and, right. And hope that there's but she chose there. this place. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was really weird. But, um, the sex scene,
1: but anyway, right. right. So as we move on, you know, she stays around, she kind of becomes a part of the place to a certain mm-hmm. degree. They kind of get to where they're protective of her. Yep. We have reasons to protect her, yeah. the whole thing. But she ends up living there. And finally, we get to the point where you know she and Forrest have a sex scene. And it is the weirdest, most awkward yeah. scene that I think I've ever seen people have sex. It is, it is
2: not sexy.
1: It is – I think that scene kind of relates – the whole second part of the movie because it's like you take this thing that you want to happen and you try to put some weird like Oscar bait veneer over it or something. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it, she doesn't, she can't just walk across the hall. We have to really slowly watch her undress. Mm-hmm. And it's like some, you know, it's like some guy who just got out of film school right. And said, well, uh, if the shot will be this way, she'll be, like, just off center. She'll walk towards us and get more and more and, into and, the right, light yeah. as she comes here. And it's like some weird, yeah. like, modern art, what I'm trying to say by having it look this way kind of craziness Yeah, that probably makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. If you write some sort of film theory, you know, paper on yeah. what happened in that scene, right? But it doesn't actually. All of that stuff that you, you know, learn in your film theory class doesn't actually do anything <laughs> unless it makes sense right. with what you're doing. And here,
2: it made no sense at all. This whoever whoever was in charge, whether it was the writing or the directing or the combination of everyone. It was it was an attempt to show film noir, you know, and those type of films, though they were almost always crime films, you know, or, or mystery films. You always show the femme fatale in shadows, and she's empowered, and she's sexy, and she's elegant. And this is like this attempt to, like what you're saying, to show this and to do it, and it's clumsy, and it's, it's fumbling, it's, it's and trying it's to, con- it's trying it just to work. convey the same things,
1: right as a lot of parts in those movies are trying to convey, you know, she's the one who does it. Yeah. She makes the decision. He does nothing, really. You really, know, it's he, all the way through. It's her job and it's supposed to give us something about him too. Mm-hmm. You know that he's for all that he is practically sociopathic himself yeah. in his dealings with other people. He still has this like in, insanely over the top gentlemanliness that also has a lot to do with why he makes decisions and yeah. how he does things. But man, does it come across weird! It is
2: so yeah. odd, and it's a long scene, and and, know, and yeah, so it's fortunate. it's
1: long. It yeah. keeps happening we have to start off with this whole huge long introduction just to the part that he's going to walk up the stairs and look in a room. Yeah. yeah. And then it just keeps going on and on after that. And you know, it's, it's funny because that scene was being so weird that it really highlighted to me something that I also hate to see in movies anymore, just because it always happens is, you know, somebody looks at someone sleeping and then we look at them from the other side and they're awake, just sitting, laying there, pretending right. that they're sleeping. Like, how many more movies can we see that in? That's uh, all. <laughs> I mean, and it was plenty. such a weird thing here yeah. to have that there. I don't know. But that scene kind of tells the whole story of how everything went wrong for me in the rest of it. Every, everything else that happened in the movie, once we get past a certain point where we just kind of abandon the kind of. Action adventure ness of of the story, which you know if it would have just stuck with that right the whole way, right the movie would have been awesome. Would have been great, except that there are the wrong people telling other people what to do. Going well, that movie's not going to be like, right. nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, right. You can't have that. You have to have lots of scenes that are really long, staring at people. You know. Filming conversations where yeah. it's almost like we're going to film this whole conversations, except people are hardly going to talk at all. Right. And they're going to talk really slow and be very dramatic about everything they say. Right. It's Like everything we were going to do, we had like the first draft of the script and then someone took, you know, half of that and said all of this other stuff, you do all that same stuff. Right. But, but do it in this other way where we're going to try and have weird shots of everything and everything's going to be slow and we're going to, you know, put the sepia filter on a few times (laughs) or whatever. Cause I looked at a bunch of movies that got nominated for Oscars and that's what they did. did, Right. And so then we have to do that. And it just, it just ruined everything. I don't know. Um, we're kind of getting sort of close to time. So we should probably like try and wrap up if there's like, um, I don't know, bullet pointy things. Like we should mention, like,
2: you know, we, I think we both love Tom Hardy. He's the best part of this whole film. You know, he, he's been, he's been having such a great couple of years. It's just really fun to see him working so much because he's great at doing all kinds of stuff. Right. And, and he, one
1: of the best things
2: for me about him
1: is that his character could so be destroyed by somebody else doing it wrong. It, it, oh yeah, he has yeah. a great character that showcases the out, fact yeah. that you have to be able to do it. Right, right? he figured out force you and you know be... um, the second brother he, Howard who doesn't have huge things to do in the movie. Right. right, nothing against the guy who played him. Right, he was fine, but a lot of people could have done, that. Could have done that. And and done a decent enough job. He doesn't have enough work to do really in the right ways. Right, And a lot of people could pull that off. And, you know, uh, Shia LaBeouf's character, even though he's like the focal point of the movie, I thought he was actually okay in certain parts, which that's kind of surprising to me. But he he was not too bad in a lot of parts, even a lot of parts that really took them doing right, um, like there's a scene where he actually goes and makes the deal with Gary Oldman, right? And that's a great scene from the beginning of that scene, like when they kind of pull into town mm-hmm. and, and finally make it with the ta- to the town, all the way until he you know, drops off the money at Forrest's feet and then goes inside and says, Maybe I'll sweep the yeah, floors you know, need need Maybe I'll sweep the that floor. That whole yeah. part I thought he did actually pretty great. Yeah. I thought he delivered a lot of exactly what that character was supposed to do in ways that I thought were surprising to me that he pulled it off that well. Right. But then there are lots of other parts where he's, he's really kind of throwaway yeah. and he doesn't matter. But whether he did a good job or not, there's a lot of people who could do that, yeah, that role, and right. it would be fine.
2: Tom Hardy's character is a different kettle of fish. Funny, I I was thinking of this um, on the drive home after the night we saw it, and I was thinking of the same kind of thing about about Forrest. And the only person I thought that came right to mind that could do it and still do it great was Michael Shannon. And it's funny, yeah. I looked later. Um, it's like the day after I was looking at something just out of curiosity. I think I wanted to know exactly what the title of the, the book was. Um, and I found out Michael Shannon was actually supposed to be Forrest. He was oh, cast yeah. first for him. And then when the film lost its funding and they had to restructure everything for right. everybody else, that's when they got Tom Hardy. They and it was supposed to, to be it people. was supposed to be Michael Shannon and, and Ryan Gosling as Shia LaBeouf and and Tom Hardy. And I thought, wow, that would have been a totally different film. But Michael Shannon could have done Force. Yeah, you Michael know, he, Shannon. He's one done, of those. I would have really think, liked Ryan Gosling a lot better. I think. Uh, I, I, think yeah, he, I think he, he could have. It was just interesting to decide because because I'm on the same page with you there. i Just Tom Hardy figured this guy out, and I don't know how much work he had to do. Maybe it was a lot, and maybe it was none. Maybe he just knew right. guys like Forrest, and he's like, oh, I can, I know this guy and, already,
1: and delivered him really good, and. um yeah, like so well like that. It just so could have gone wrong. And I was saying when we came out of the theater, I bet, and oh, I, yeah. I, I would hate to have to figure <laughs> out how to make a call on this bet, but yeah. I have a feeling anyway that the original script of this, he had more lines. Right. and Because there are a lot of places where <laughs> he just listens
2: to people talk, and, you know, maybe he goes like, uh.
1: he's got or, a, fun, <laughs> he's got
2: a very fun, like I was thinking in my head before we talked about, it, I was thinking he had a very fun sling blade kind of reaction. Right. Someone would tell him a bunch of stuff and he'd go, mm. yeah. Or, you, you know, he, it was just a wreck. It was, it was the confirmation or reckoning. Like it wasn't words. you was just like, mm. right. And then he'd go off on his own, you know, and I'm just thinking, wow, that's actually kind of or, funny. Right.
1: Or he would, or he would just kind of go,
2: Okay. Right. Or, yep. Right. You know, yep.
1: he, he had his own... We should have just a whole episode had, of us
2: doing that. I know. Mm-hmm. He, he
1: had, like, a whole bunch of different spins on yeah. it. Yeah. Which they all worked, which was what, what one was of great part, about it is perfect. Is that every, it would be different, but that's what he would do. Yeah. Like, that's what that character would say. And anyway, anyway, so I was just saying I, I feel like maybe he had more lines. And Tom Hardy went, you know what? You know what he does here? I think <laughs> yeah. let's try it this way. <laughs> yeah. or, you know, whatever. Or... It, maybe it wasn't even him, but it right. like progressed as we were filming. Maybe we shot it and right. someone said, right. Let's, try "Let's try it try once this. this way, right?" right. And it worked and it because I I just feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like the screenplay did not get delivered, right? You know, in its
2: initial stages, with he hardly <laughs> ever says anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But all right, so we're pretty close now. What are you What are you getting down to? What are you giving it for a rating then? You know, it's funny because
1: we saw each other and you said, I've come around and now I like it a little bit more. And, yeah, you know, I don't want to give away your rating, but you said, I was kind of at this point and now I kind of like it a little bit better and I'm at this point. And then we almost had a conversation about that, except <laughs> it, it got r- ran over. Right. And I was thinking that uh, I liked it about the same as you, yeah, on the initial reaction, and then it turned out that you said, even when you liked it more, you still didn't like it as much <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't which I I was thought, so, I, I was like what, and i'm the one like totally bashing everything about the about the movie, and then I'm going, man, now he's like upped his rating right.
2: I was so bored- boredom is a huge kill for me in any film right boredom is ultimately the the, the surest and most definite sign that your film is not working for me. Because if I'm thinking, well, I know my phone is, you know, buzzed three times in 25 minutes and I'm really considering walking out to figure out you know, what was <laughs> on the <laughs> wall. You know, if, if your film can't, Really will give myself a lot to a movie. I'll just try hard and I'm there for you. Right. But this film just lost me so long and so often at the boring parts. Right. So that's why I was ripping on it.
1: Especially the whole love interest with Shia LaBeouf. Horrible. Thing, horrible which we never stop. even talked about, except every single thing that happened with it was horrible. It was bad. Enough. Every part of it was horrible. Anyway, I was sort of thinking like right when we walked out, and now we're totally gonna run out of time. I was thinking like I was thinking like three stars and I think mainly because I loved the beginning yeah. a lot. Yeah. And even though it really kind of fell apart and got cheesy and stuff. And I think I got bored a lot, but I at least kind of wanted to know the rest of the story. That was the thing that was like working for me was like, even though it was being yeah. boring and it was being weird and there were weird decisions, it still kept me at least kind of wanting to know the rest of it or wanting to get to the end, even though. Yeah.
2: Well, the, the first 40 minutes are great. And then there's huge droughts. And then the end is not exciting at all. Right. You know, so all I have for an hour and 55 minutes is, you know, two fifths of the movie that were enjoyable. So I liked it better than is two stars so that's gotta be your favorite it's gotta be one and three quarters it's just it's it's not not even two stars not even okay two the stars.
1: live show is going to end like right now so we've got our stars um, yeah but we need to keep going for a couple of minutes but now so you now you're at not even two stars because the other day you said I was two stars at first yeah. and now I like it a little bit more and I think maybe I'm two and a half stars. Yeah, no, and I was and all now
2: you're all the way back to understand. below well, where you were at first. Well, part of that, like I said, part of that was just um, part of that really was thinking about the film and trying to trying to figure out if the, the fun in seeing Tom Hardy work throughout the film could carry the rest of the drought that I saw when I when I right. when I felt about the film. And um, no, the answer is no. You know, the Shia stuff is not because, like, like you have a big dislike for Shia LaBeouf. And I don't, I don't dislike him. Um, I'm not wildly crazy about him. Um, strangely enough, I haven't seen the film that everyone seems to think is his best, which is Disturbia. I just, that one has uh, always slipped off my radar, and everyone seemed to think that was kind of Hitchcockian and fun, and he's great in it. it, it he's just, he's not this eyesore for me, but I keep waiting for him to... To show the kind of talent that everyone thinks he has, and probably he thinks he has, or he knows he has, and he just hasn't done it yet because right. of the movies he's always in are Transformer films. So, right. and um, you
1: you would have hoped that this would be the movie.
2: You would have it, you would have thought it, it could have it been did, too. It, it, right. it just but for me, but really, like I I partially joked with you because of that one time we sat down and literally like the show started. Like I said at the beginning, I'm like you know I. Come around to thinking about this. I don't really right. like this anymore, you know. And and I was kind of a joke on it, but I really, really think Tom Hardy's the best thing of this. And maybe even it isn't the first forty minutes, though. It, you know, if it's not, th- it can't be thirty. It's got to be around forty minutes. But it's just, it's so much fun, and then it it loses itself, and it does it on purpose, and it falters, and it's clumsy with all the things that it tries to do character-wise, both with the emotional engagements of Shia and in Forrest. And all the all the story, all the all the antagonism stuff. There's a moment later in, in the film when they're, um, we made fun of this too when they, the cops trail Shia to the right. secret thing It right. makes no sense, and they have tons of cops around based on this one hunch of following this one. I mean, right. it's just so far fetched that this is the story that they wanted to tell, and it it didn't just take the grade away from what I was feeling it reinforced that it doesn't deserve a grade any more than what it gets. Right. Believe me, one and three quarters stars, you know, 1.75, whatever you want to do just under two, all of that is because of Tom Hardy. All of that is because of every scene he's in, in the first 35 minutes, they all work well. And And that's that's basically it. And otherwise it would just be, otherwise (laughs) the film, the film would be a really bad mess. The film would be horrible. Right. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Um,
1: yeah, you know, it's funny because you mentioned uh, that scene or that part that we talked about. Um, and, you know, that scene, too, in a way, I think, reflects a lot of the rest of the movie because he he gets followed, right? He's he's with his yeah, love and interest, the,
2: who is the, obviously
1: the, the Preacher's star, daughter, right, because he, who, who else could <laughs> right, she be? Right. <laughs> he takes her out and in his car and he's going to take her out to where they have their huge stills and whatever facility. And what happens with that scene is all about a thing that you want to shoot and not how to make the story work or how to make the movie work. It's just that we want to have him go off with the girl and be walking around and be able to pull back and see that the shape of Rakes the, who's followed them. That you know? the guy that the okay. guy followed him. Despite, and then we come down with all these cops, like you said, and we just have no thoughts about whether or not that's remotely possible or makes any kind of sense. Yeah. That somehow someone was following them on this dirt road through the forest right. where no one else has been in God knows right. how many years unless right. they're go you know unless they're going to work at the still right. so there's no way that you could be following that guy right with the any, number of cars you'd need, too you'd for need for that several many cops and everything and right cops, yeah and and we were talking about it, and it's like there's a way you could do that right, and it would be okay, yeah. And that's but that's not what we want to do. We don't right. want to actually get there and have it make sense. <laughs> right. I want to shoot this scene this way. Because it's the surprise. So right. And
2: it's like what you said. It's all about that reveal. It's all about that moment. You pull back and see them frolicking off into the woods and then you see the special deputy is there and he's been watching them all along. Right. And you don't get that if you show it another way. But right.
1: and it's like I want to show this scene because showing the scene this way, I've decided we'll have right. this You know, effect and will you know aesthetically be like this, and that's how I'm going to make it. Yeah, and and that's just how the second half of the film
2: goes. Everything. Well, it's like even what you said a minute ago too, where you know the movie works really well up until this point when Maggie comes in and falls for Forrest, and you know there's the scene that long establishing scene of him going up and looking into her room. He's both checking on her and trying to deal with what we assume are his affections for her, though it's hard to read him because he's stoic and because that's his character he's he's just that guy and then they do that whole thing just to pull back and show that she's awake and she can see you know she can hear him on the stairs because it's you know it's not quiet it's all old old wooden steps and she maybe even can see the shadow on him you know or or see the shadow on the wall and she's awake and the whole scene is built to show that one reveal just like that scene with rakes and following them as cops is done to show that reveal And just like that romantic scene that you said, it sets basically the tone for the rest of the film to that point until we get to the next big lead-in scene that isn't necessary to show the big reveal that sets the tone for the rest. I mean, it's one big monumental setup to ineffective parlance of basic film, you know, making and it doesn't work over and over and over again. And it's, it's a waste. It's a waste of the talent that's on the screen, the potential story that's there. And it was boring. Right. And it was and I was bored being bored. Right. Like I was getting exponential returns on my boredom at this <laughs> right. point. And it's and again there's other long scenes that just establish these things that set up this stuff and it just undermines the whole thing. And right. after thirty five or forty minutes, that's why I thought if it was a history channel film, it would have been perfect. Right. You can cover everything you need to know in forty two minutes in commercials and get the best parts of the Tom Hardy stuff.
1: Right. It's just it's so disappointing that the first half. And it's almost like I could just record myself saying this. It's so disappointing that the first part works out so well and and is done so good and is. You can look at that part of the film and go. I get what this guy is trying to do. Yeah. And he's giving it to me, you know, really well. Right. You know, we're building the characters, and then to just to go from that to now it's this weird, crazy mess. Disappointment is the whole thing. Now, for me, you know, I don't know, two and a half, three stars. I feel like three stars is okay. I just liked the fun part better. Yeah, and I can appreciate that. And could kind of
2: let the bad stuff wash over me better. It stuck to me like that guy they tarred and feathered. I couldn't get it off my skin. I remember leaning over to you in the film and just being like, there's no reason to tar and feather a man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was just so brutal. That's just wrong. They we didn't have to do that. No, that's a great example. Sometimes, sometimes films, I'm more easily just let it wash over me. I'm like, ah, who cares? It was fun and it was cool to see. Right. The less Tom Hardy was involved in the film, the you know, the more troublesome it seemed right. to get. Exactly. They didn't realize the when movie. he
1: was not on screen.
2: Right. They just they thought the commodity was, was Shia Labeouf, and it isn't. Right. You know, it, it might have been in the book. That character, Jack, the writer's grandfather, who he took these stories from and made the story, uh, made the novel from, maybe that's the way it was. But they, they misappropriated their real talent in this. Right. And it, it's just funny with this film, like I was saying at the beginning, that
1: I just keep feeling like if someone would just actually be okay with what they were making. Yeah. And, you know, as we keep harping on that point and like Shia LaBeouf is in my mind – you know, it's really funny, but I, I mean, I just feel like I have to say, you may hate Michael Bay or right. or hate his films or not want anything to do with him, but you know what? He knows what he's making. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's trying to do, and that's what he does. Yeah. And his movie, if you hate what his movie is, you hate it exactly the same way all the way through. I mean, right. it's like it is what it is. It's okay yeah. with what it's being. Yeah. It's not trying to all of a sudden switch gears completely once it gets halfway through. Right. And it's so weird. It's like I'm getting to the point where I'm almost begging for someone to just be at least <laughs> Michael Bay. Right. You know? And it's like, where am I in movies? How lost are we that I just want someone to be at, you know, just. Stick to your guns, you right. know? I mean, if you want to make, even if it's like, if you want to make the movie that was the second half of the movie, right? then make that movie right. and make it
2: all the way through right. and
1: make the beginning work with that film too.
2: Well, there's, there's, they need to, you know, more people need to realize that whether you want to call it a filter or a template or just, a, you know, a direction, you know, you can still tell the story. This is one of the frustrating things. And we, you know, we've said it before. It's just tell the so- tell the story of Lawless the way you told the first 40 minutes, you can still do it. Right. It's not that difficult, but don't shift lenses. Don't filter weird things. Just keep telling this story and it'll work if you just stay to it and it'll be better for it. You know? Right. But because
1: it's ju- it's just so weird. I mean, we're just so, saying the same things over again, but if this if this movie had been the first half's yeah. movie the whole way through, man, I, I would have usually given it three, three and movie. a half
2: stars easily because it would have been that love- much fun. Right. But- so anyway. All
1: right, we need to go, and um, I'm not even sure what we're doing next week because we're going to do something next week. But only we're thing, not sure. right? The only thing that comes out is the words. Is that or? See, whatever, I, I didn't even look.
2: I meant to look, but we'll figure it out off air. But so, I didn't but work. there's
1: nothing. You know, there's nothing humongous. Right. We're not next, missing a major release, so maybe anything, we'll see.
2: So. Maybe we'll see something we missed. Right.
1: And um, you know, I just want to say again: check out areyouscreening.com. Um, obviously, I'm going to say that, right? But there are a lot of cool things coming up this week. And, you know, we're getting really close to fall TV starting. Right. There are – I'm going to have a bunch of giveaways of DVD seasons of television Mm -hmm. because they all come out now too, which is (laughs) funny. We were talking about how there's no summer movies or whatever. But the TV shows, man, they know where they are because – they all the tv shows get released on dvd <laughs> right before now yep. which i think is interesting because you know maybe it's like you won't like all the new fall shows and, and you so want to rewatch something, you have something yeah. to watch or you want to get caught up with your show before the next season comes out or whatever yeah um but anyway there's a lot of cool stuff uh, coming out on dvd and uh subscribe to the show yeah thanks very much for listening and we will see you next week yeah thanks